0: Powered through the Alaska Airlines studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go
1: now. Happy Wednesday, and apologies to everyone who thought it was Thursday. And by that, I mean Michael Bumpus, who yeah. started his day thinking we were much further along than we are. Thought it
0: was Thursday. Oh. Woke up, was like, "Cool." You were like, two let's more shows, go.
1: one more day." Let's get it. <laughs> but unfortunately <laughs> no, for you, Wednesday. we are right in the thick of it, Um, but that also means that coming up at 1045 is Get Off My Lawn, a segment many of you are quickly coming to have as like your favorite segment. on the. And I love all the clever segments that our station does as a whole. I feel like we do so much fun stuff. I love mean tweets uh, on Wyman and Bob. I love
0: your headline rewrites. Thank you.
1: Headline rewrites are always really fun. Um, I love all the games that they play on Brock and Salk. This morning they had like basically like a dating game or guess who game with all the Mariners which I thought was really entertaining. Like I feel like We make really fun radio, but get off my lawn is chef's kiss. It's it's just so (laughs) fun. That's coming up at ten forty-five. Before we get to that, someone said just one day closer to Monday. That's one way to look at it. Two o six. Yeah, Yeah, that's one horrible way to look (laughs) at it. But sure, Um, the Seahawks are currently $5 million over the cap. And I know that some of you hear that and go, oh, no, and then others hear it and go, okay. Uh, because it's definitely not the end of the world to be over the cap right now. We're in February. Ten other teams are also over the cap, including the 49ers. Good. Uh The Cowboys, <laughs> great. And also, the Saints are $83 million over. Sidebar. I don't know who the capologist is for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, He or she is... Either the best or worst person at their job. I can't figure it out.
0: You know what they did? They did what I did in high school. My mom used to kill me for this. I'd have like ten bucks left in my account. I'd be like, Shh, just grab fifty. Yeah. Just pay the overcharge fee. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that's what the Saints are doing, man. They're they're paying that overcharge. Fee. The
1: Saints found out that you could overdraft and there's no consequence except that you just keep going negative. And they were like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> cool. You mean the bank pays it and I just owe them later? Awesome. And and now they're they're negative eighty three million. And they're, they're still going. Still going. They're still going. Um, so anyways, there's lots of roster maneuvering to be done for a lot of teams, some more than others. The Seahawks are one of those teams. And that is what we are talking about to start our Wednesday. Those could be contract extensions, maybe a restructure, a full-on release, maybe trading a guy. But here's the twist for Seattle and why we're talking about a little earlier than normal. You got a new head coach. You got a new head coach bump with no real allegiance to anyone. Now, we heard John Schneider on the John Schneider Show with Wyman and Bob say, look, there aren't peak guys, okay? No one's in the building unless they're a Seahawk. And John is still there, so there is an allegiance that John has to some of these guys. But John's a GM. That's a different cap that you're wearing. When you're a coach, you, you care about guys, and there's a weird different loyalty there. When you're a GM, yeah, you care about guys, but... You got to care about your salary cap too. So I I wonder if there's a um, a bit of a not a ruthlessness, but some surprises in store for us this off season.
0: Nah, there's um there is there are there were Pete guys and John guys, right? But we're looking at Mike McDonald and saying. You don't have no guys yet. This is your team. All those guys who are on your roster are technically your guys, but you don't these guys, it's a dead period right now. They're not even really talking to these dudes. Um, they're not in the facility. We were there yesterday. It's dead in there. It's nothing but people working upstairs and maybe a coach or two walking by. Mm-hmm. But you don't have any real connection to these dudes, which makes decision making. I feel like when it comes to release guys, I'm um, a bit easier. Now, the only concern I have is is there gonna be a PR move, right? Mm-hmm. Do you keep say at Tyler Lockett when you're thinking about letting him go or or going a different direction because you know that people love Tyler Lockett in Seattle. Tyler Lockett is one of the most humble, gracious stars we've ever had here in Seattle. Do you do that? Are you comfortable making that move? Or is there the PR department saying, we might not want to do that? I know you want to go this direction, but this is what Lockett means to uh, this town and this organization. i just just using him as as an example, right? Because guys are getting older and they're getting expensive and Mm -hmm. Mike McDonald has to make this team his so I look at the situation and I go you know what if uh, if he were to make a move that no one expects um, it doesn't affect him the way it would us because we've watched this team me for what, 15 16 years um, you your whole life and have gone to love a Tyler Lockett yeah. to gone to love a DK Metcalf and anyone else who has contributed to this ball club so it's going to be interesting to see what direction he goes and how cutthroat is he going to be? Because that's the NFL. NFL stands for no freaking loyalty and not for long. And no fun. And no fun. And no fun. So, boom. We'll see what he does here.
1: From the 425, part of that is we don't know the 2024 cap number, right? You're correct. We do not know the 2024 NFL salary cap number. Um, according to multiple projections, that's expected to be around 242 to $244 million per team. So we're kind of working off of that, as is the website that we're using for these numbers, which is OverTheCap.com. So just keep it in the back of your mind that a lot of these numbers salaries are finalized but a lot of these numbers like actual salary cap are not finalized yet also not finalized the amount of money you'll be spending on your rookies
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) but
1: keep in mind you're going to need some space so without further ado let's get to the uncomfortable part of the conversation the biggest cap hits now, these are not guys we think will absolutely be salary cap casualties, but let's look at your most expensive players in 2024 because that is where John Schneider and Co. will be looking when they start looking at options to cut, trade, release, restructure. They're going to say, well, where are we spending money? Like, I'm not looking at Abe Lucas, who outside of playing on his rookie contract and being a starter, uh, has a base salary of $1.1 That's not who I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is Jamal Adams. Base salary of $16.5 million and overall cap hit of $26.9 million. So, um, let's see. How do we want to do this? Let's go over just the – I'll list out the the six largest, and then you tell me kind of where you're automatically turning in terms of, like, this is where I'm going to start my decision-making if I'm John. Right. So, you've got uh, Geno Smith, Jamal Adams, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Quandre Diggs, Dre Jones.
0: Well, I'm starting with Gino and saying he's our guy. Let's get that out the way. I'm looking at Gino. Yes, the cap number is $31 million. Base salary is 12.7. He needs to be the guy here on the center for the Seattle Seahawks, and I think that's going to be the case. First indication of that was when, what was the date? February 16th was the date um, to where he got 12.7 mm-hmm. guaranteed, and then if he makes it to March 18th, and he gets that $9 million. I think he's going to be the guy you need a veteran quarterback to kind of help this new and young coaching staff out. It starts with Jamal Adams, man. We've been talking about him the last few days, trying to figure out, one, if Mike McDonald can use him in this defense. I think if he is healthy, he's the Jamal that we We've seen before he will help this defense. But you're looking at that cap number, man, you're saying, goodness gracious, man, $26 million, and you haven't really got any production out of him as of late because of just his injuries or whatnot. Uh, Dead, dead cap, if you were to let that guy go, what is it, $19 million? Am I reading that correctly, Stacey? No, for Jamal. For Jamal is
1: nineteen, 19 5, million dollars,
0: yeah. right? Twenty mil. I'm um, in dead cap, but you save yourself six million dollars, you can go out and do some other things. And then you look at Tyler Lockett. That's the toughest one to me, man, because Tyler Lockett is a good receiver. He is a good Batman. He is a good Robin. Whatever you need out of Tyler Lockett, he can do. We talked to Grub yesterday, and he mentions just how he is a complete route runner. He can run any route. You can move him inside. You can move him outside. Put him on that jet sweep. Lockett is here, man, and I and I love his game. That's the toughest. One for me because I look at the cap hit and I go, 26 million, man, that's a lot. You're paying what two of your top four. Highest-paid players on this team are receivers. Now, receiver has become more important in the game of football the last what ten years than it's ever been mm-hmm. because the game is being spread out. Um, can you really afford a twenty-six million-dollar cap hit from him and then a twenty-four million cap hit from DK? I think you can. There's always ways around it, but just because of the number and the age, you have to sit down and have a conversation about um, these two guys when we talk about Lockett and DK.
1: Well, also, I mean, you know, I, I mentioned to start the show that one of the kind of wide wildcard factors in our conversation about who's staying and who's going. And, you know, um, what some of these decisions will feel like is that you have a new coach. Like no longer is there someone in here while John Schneider drafted these guys or signed these guys. There isn't a Pete in here who's like, that's my dude. Like, that's my loyalty. So you're you're kind of blindsided with some of these wondering, like, is Mike McDonald going to, you know, tell John Schneider that he can, you know, do more with someone else or or whatever. Um, so I mentioned all of that. That being said, someone like Tyler Lockett, Mike McDonald wasn't part of a team that drafted him. But if I'm a new head coach, I'm 36 years old. I kind of like having like a quiet leader on this team who can really be like a good force of encouragement, help get my messaging across. If I'm Ryan Grubb, I'm feeling the same way. You know what I mean? So with Tyler Lockett, I don't know. And I'll be blunt with this. I don't know exactly what restructures and, and all of that looks like other than you're pushing money down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd still be owing Tyler Lockett that money no matter what. You would just be lowering, lowering the cap hit. Maybe you come to regret that in two years if he's not on the books but you're still paying him. But I think that having a guy like that's important for a new OC and new head coach.
0: Yeah, the only real scenario that I I know when it comes to restructuring and all that is you restructure the contract, you give them um, a signing bonus, and then you can spread the signing bonus out throughout the, the duration of the contract, and that kind of helps there. That's as deep as I go when it comes to contrast, restructuring, and getting to the number that makes you feel comfortable. But no, man, I, I look at Geno, Lockett, and DK. And I go, those guys need to be here. I think that the way that Grubb described his offense yesterday to us and the way he described the weapons that he has, he mostly talked about Lockett, DK, and JSN makes me think that he took this job believing he was gonna have those guys um, on his offense. He's he's already drawn a place, thinking about how to use Lockett in the slot and outside, DK being the home run hitter, and then the uh, the use of JSN in multiple ways, man. He can do everything as well. So I think part of, of Grubb's attraction to this job were the weapons. So if you were to get one of those guys, I don't think it devastates the Seahawks team. I think um, you, you lean on the draft. Um, you lean on JSN a bit more. And, and maybe even our guy, um, goodness gracious, lose his name, U, U, UCLA. Jake uh, Bubba? Jake Bubba, yeah. More Bubba. You might get more Bubba. Who knows? But This offense is better when you have Geno, Lockett, DK, Jason, and Ken Walker. There's another position I think we're going to talk about later, the tight end position um, that that we'll we'll address. But it starts with those guys. Yes, it starts technically with the offensive line. We know that you need the big boys. Um, I think they've done a decent job drafting there. But none of these guys are Mike McDonald's guys. Mm -hmm. In theory, they're his. But in reality, he did not draft anybody yet. His guys are coming up here pretty soon in the NFL draft.
1: The name that I see as like, oh, well, I don't know how many Seahawks fans will be absolutely devastated, no disrespect to this player, is Jamal Adams. He just hasn't been available for you. He yeah. hasn't been that first-team All-Pro you were hoping that you were getting. You still carry $20 million in dead cap. Now, I'm I'm doing this as though you want money to spend for this free agency period, meaning it's not a post-June 1st cut. So you still, like you said, carry that $20 million in dead cap. You do have cap savings, though, of about $7.3 million. The two names that I know would hurt Seahawks fans, and I really like these players, but I still see them as potential candidates, are Tyler and Quandre.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's
1: where I kind of do like a little bit of eye- eyebrow raising and, and watching closely to see what happens there.
0: Yeah. I look at Quandre and I wonder how McDonald and Dirty look and, and see Quandre digs. He's been a Pro Bowler here. Every year, but one, I want to say, um, most seasons he's had at least three interceptions. There were some where he had four and five. This guy's a leader. He's that he's that quiet, grumpy man on defense that uh, that isn't a isn't afraid to call guys out, isn't afraid to step in front of the podium, and that's something too, man. Like you got to think about what they bring off the field as well. Now you want you would love to have a bunch of twenty-four year olds running around making plays. Contracts. They're young, right? You would want that, but. How many young teams have the success that you see the Chiefs have and the the Bills have and the Bengals and all those guys? Nah. Now the Green Bay Packers, the youngest team in the game, did beat. Would well, they beat the uh, the Cowboys? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. They did beat the Cowboys. Average age on that team was like twenty three point five or something crazy, twenty four point five, something like that. Yeah, youngest right?
1: team I think ever to
0: ever. Win. That's not typical. You need some veteran guys. So I think a guy like Quandre not only can he still play ball now. Everyone on defense struggled when it came to tackling last year. That's no secret. They know that. Everyone knows that but Quandre brings something else to this team does mike mcdonald value the extra that Quandre brings to this team and also we know how mike mcdonald loves to use those safeties you need three to four safety strong like some some not strong safeties as as their position but just strong type of dudes at that safety spot because you're gonna play too high you're gonna roll one in the box you're gonna have three safety sets out there so there, there are a lot of questions with this man and um I, I am this is what I love about the offseason because then we get to see especially this off season, because we get to see um, Just how he views this defense and offense and where he thinks are the strengths and the weaknesses and where he wants to save a bit uh, Of money now. I'm sure there are other people involved when it comes to that decision. You got Schneider you got whoever's uh, uh, handling the books over there, but um, We got a lot of questions and we'll get some answers here soon.
1: We have a lot of Seahawks conversations to discuss as well, but we're going to start flipping things and get to the Mariners beginning at 11.45 and then continuing into the noon hour for quite a bit of that with Shannon Dreher, Uh before we uh, before we bring on Bob Condotta at one again to to get back to these uh, Seahawks salary cap conversations with, like you said, a fan favorite name included there that we did not discuss here. Uh, all right, let's get to headline rewrites. Extra, extra,
0: real- Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bumble Stacy. Portland Trailblazers viewership on Root Sports is down forty nine percent this season. What's the real headline? The
1: problem is I can't tell what's harder to find, Root Sports or my dad. This Goodness is, gracious! Okay, so I had a couple oh, different oh. options for this one. The other one was, I promised I would find a way to support Root Sports if I could find it. Because ultimately, that's what this is about. Yeah. Now, I'm mulled over, as all of you did the second you heard 49%, a lot of like the 54% comments mm-hmm. trying to find a way to work in. Like, yeah, suddenly low 50s doesn't sound too appetizing, does it? But the real problem with Root Sports is it's so hard to find. It's yeah. so hard to find. A provider that actually has it and so in addition to all these other factors like people streaming more people not watching because dame is gone and and you know the the blazers you know having a worse record and really struggling is the fact that the network is hard to
0: find it's extremely tough to find i got two streaming services just so i could uh can watch a route and watch the mariners and whatnot but here's the problem man the blazers just aren't good 15 and 39 uh, fifth worst in the NBA. They're just not a good basketball team. Damian Lillard is no longer there. There's no reason for people to show up to these games. Um, it's a sad deal, man. I feel bad for Portland. The only thing I don't like about Portland is their highway system. It's really confusing. Um, I don't know why that has popped in my head. Maybe because I drove to Portland like a week ago and I'm on those highways. Extremely confusing, side note. But the Blazers aren't good. Root Sports is hard to find. That's the reason why viewership is down. Now, if these guys were... In playoff contention, people will find ways to watch the game. Of course. Uh, But Root is just making it a bit harder.
1: Headline rewrites. Luis Urias has been shut down from throwing
0: for the time being after dealing with lingering shoulder inflammation from winter ball. What's the real headline?
1: That's the kind of news you love to see about your starting third baseman. Great news.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, With all the acquisitions from this uh, this offseason, every one of these guys had an injury history. So when you see that name pop up on the injury list, like, oh, goodness, what's happening? Yeah. He had a hamstring issue in 2023, had a calf strain, um, I, I think the year before that or that same year. This is something we've been concerned about, but it's so early that I'm not really worried about it. I I'm mean, these either. things happen. Guys get back into uh, spring training. They're they're throwing a bit more. They're moving more. This is going to happen. Now, if we were closer to the season, then there'd be uh, a bit more, I'd be a bit more concerned about this whole deal, but no, nah, I'm all right.
1: Yeah, I think that anything that happens, like this early, you just kind of think like, ah, well, there's no reason to rush things. Like they're gonna be safe. What I am excited about is that we're what three days away from the first Cactus League game? Am I doing my math right? It's on the 24th.
0: Yep, today's 21st. Yeah. Yep. It's
1: very exciting. It's right around the corner headline rewrites. MLB.com's Daniel Kramer writes that Matt Chapman's asking price said to be north of $100
0: million. What's the real headline?
1: Sure, but for that price, the Mariners could get three platoon guys and a soft serve machine, so you tell me what you want. You
0: know that's how they're looking at it, too. Yeah. Like, so
1: that's I how this. I would look at it. it. I get that. Okay, so I can get a really nice pair of shoes, uh-huh. or I can get two pairs of shoes. Man, I'm telling
0: you, man, I can't. It's all about the Jays. When I was growing up, Mom said, you want Jordan's, or you want two pairs of shoes? I took the two. Here's the thing about Matt Chapman, man. Um, Word on the street is he turned down an extension with the Blue Jays that was supposed to be around $100 million. Um, MLB Trade Rumor says he's up for a six-year $150 million deal. And some people are looking at um, his approach at the plate and and his season last year, and it wasn't great, right? He did get his fourth gold glove. But he is a product of his circumstance or victim of the circumstance. I wouldn't call him a victim; the beneficiary of, of the circumstance. Uh, there aren't a lot of field players out there when it comes to their top 50. I looked at MLB trade rumor um, on their top 50 winter prospects, our free agents. He was number seven. And they say, look, position players just ain't hot right now. So good for him like, hitting the market at the right time and capitalizing on the situation. So we shall see, man. At the plate, he struggled a little bit. I think his agent said, "Oh, his finger was messed up. You're going to point to that. Um, his power numbers have been okay, but consistently He's been a problem, but he does have a glove.
1: And yes, he does. And uh, he'd still be a pretty good option to have the Mariners getting some, uh, you know, solidifying that position a little bit more. There's a weird standoff with Scott Boris clients right now, Mm -hmm. in in particular Chapman. You know that the Mariners reportedly had interest. You also know there's no way they pay that amount. But then you also know that no one else is either right now. So you're kind of like Scott Boris, his clients certainly fine waiting it out but spring training's getting underway like when were the when will there be some give and take
0: baseball is so weird to me for that and no other sport does spring training training camp start and superstars aren't on teams or not yeah. superstars just established veterans aren't on teams right guys are really holding out so how long do you wait and do you play this game of chicken with chapman i think it's worth the wait i yeah. think that um we have a few concerns at third base. You got some guys who can platoon there and you'll be fine. Uh, but you, you want an everyday type of dude, and that's what Chapman is. I know people aren't impressed with uh, his approach at the plate and his numbers there. But one thing we lost with Gino was leadership and just that glove, man. He uh, surpassed expectations when it came to what he can do defensively. So, so we shall see. I think either way, these guys are fine. Uh, I think they got better this off season, but it'd be nice to get Chapman. But at, at a price that these guys are comfortable with, and we know uh, they don't – you know you know, they remind me of? It's my wife, man. If we ever go somewhere where you can bargain and do all that stuff, she will She will go back and forth. She'll start high, meet you in the middle. I think that's the Mariners right now. They're just going to wait their turn. They're going to try to bargain and see what they can get out of this. That was
1: one of the weirdest things when I was – now, it's one thing if, um, you know, you're going to a place, maybe it's like a street fair or, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't even know, maybe there's damaged goods even and you're trying to tell an actual department store that you don't want to pay that much. Like, it's never bad to bargain, but what would weird me out is I was working for this, uh, like, a designer handbag shoe uh, store when I was out of college. And there would be people that would come in and try to bargain for the prices. And I was like, this isn't like a, (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. First of all, I'm like 23 years old. I unfortunately cannot make this decision. And secondly, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You either pay it or you don't. Right. Like, this this is South Center Mall. <laughs> like, this is not like, you know, uh, a free market. Yeah, we're not like at a market. We're not anywhere. Like, that, the price tag's on there, man. Like, that's... <laughs> But, yeah, you get a ton of people trying to, like, bargain for different things. Or they'd be like, well, this stitch. And I'd be like, it's machine-made. You you buy it or you don't. What you
0: want to do. You got it it or you don't.
1: Truly, like, I know that, you know, I'm getting commission from this. But it truly does not affect me whether or not you (laughs) want this bag. So, yeah, that was always the weirdest thing to me. Uh, All right, you guys. Uh, Again, we're going to get back to the Mariners at 1145. The biggest Mariners wild cards for the season. Then Mariners insider Shannon Dreher is going to join us from Peoria coming up at noon. Before we get to that, y'all know about Last Chance U. Well, we're going to go over something called Last Chance C coming up next.
0: Bumpin' Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Rost.
1: Hey, hey, ah, yeah. It's last chance you. only it's last chance C. Guys on the Seahawks roster who haven't lived up to the hype, but absolutely deserve another chance with this new coaching regime. Also, some guys who desperately need a final chance to prove themselves who are some of the names we're talking about. I'm going to start with uh, maybe the most controversial, that being a name that we just discussed in terms of potential cap casualties. One, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, acquired for two first-round picks and more. I always have to add and more because never forget Bradley McDougall, Never forget him. Um, From the New York Jets, he was a first-team All-Pro with them, was a dynamic defensive weapon, did set a new individual season sack record for defensive backs, in his first year with Seattle, and then did not live up to the hype, did not become a first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, didn't become this regular pro bowler, I mean, hasn't had a sack in, what, since that season? Mm -hmm. I mean, has really not done anything for you because he hasn't been able to stay on the field either. Now you've got off-the-field questions about chemistry and attitude and, you know, what what have you. Is Jamal Adams looking for another chance with a new regime? Is there an opportunity here?
0: Man, Jamal has to do what I had to do in college one time. Believe it or not, Stacey, I failed a class in college. What? Me. Failed a class. The scholar that I am. What
1: class was it? I failed a
0: class. I don't even remember. That's how whack that class was. Or how much I didn't show up to that class.
1: I got the borderline GPA of where if you get 1.1 lower, you fail it. Yeah. That's the lowest I ever got.
0: Well, I, I was there. I forgot what class it was. I think it was like an anthropology or something like that. Oh, you anyway, really didn't try at all. So no, I didn't. I hated that class, <laughs> and uh, the professor knew that. And I was failing that class, and I had to go. I had to meet with her after and sit there and explain to her why I was failing and why she should give me a chance to make up some of the work that I just ignored. Right, and thankfully she hooked me up. I wish I remember that professor's name because she was nice. She hooked me up. I think that's what Jamal has to do. Jamal is is meeting with McDonald and explaining why he failed this class and why uh, McDonald should give him an opportunity to make up all the work that he's missed. And his reasoning is going to be, man, I've been banged up. I cannot get healthy. He's going to say, man, turn on that 2020 film. Turn on that 2021 film. 2020 film, yeah, and watch that, and and look what I can do when I am healthy. I think that Jamal is, um, he's on, he, he's he's on the brink of probably not being on this team. But I think that if McDonald could dig deep, can look at that film, can believe that Jamal is going to be healthy. If Jamal can meet with him after hours, go to um, go to the labs and make up some work. He might be okay, but it's natural that we're looking at Jamal and questioning whether he's going to be here or not.
1: The game is not played on paper. It's but if it, But if it were... But if it were, if it was played only on paper by, like, highest ceiling and potential, mm-hmm. there would be real intrigue in keeping Jamal Adams because last year Mike McDonald was able to do a lot with a defense that did have really good players. Like, Kyle Hamilton's a first-round pick and right. would have gone higher were he not a safety. Um, obviously, Patrick Queen is a first-round pick, had a career year last year. Uh, Rokon Smith is fantastic. Matabuike is amazing for them, led the team in sacks. But Jamal Adams is a sixth overall pick. Like, he was. I still remember Michael Sean Dugar of the Athletic saying this when Jamal Adams uh, came over here, and it was during the COVID year, so I wasn't at training camp. So I'm citing Michael Sean with this, and he said, "When you see a guy who's like a number five, number six, number three, or whatever pick, and you see him out there, you go, oh,
0: yeah, it's different. Because
1: at that to- at that point, not mm-hmm. only had I not covered a pick that high, but I don't think Michael Sean had either. And the entire point was, whatever Jamal did for you on the field. You could see, because at the time he was like 24, like he was really young when they traded for him. You could see just physically when someone is more gifted than the average player, not person, NFL player. Yeah. So there is intrigue. There's also some red flags.
0: Yeah, there are some red flags. And by some, I mean a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are the red flags? He can't stay healthy. He's people struggled. are gonna people are gonna knock his coverage skills. Yeah. They're gonna say um, maybe there's a bit of an attitude problem on the sideline or, or with his teammates. Now, here's here's where I will defend Jamal when it comes to the attitude that he uh, perceived to have. He probably does have it. When you are injured. The mental stuff you go through, man, is crazy. I, I had a high ankle sprain my junior year, and I went MIA. I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't shave. The braids were all jacked up. It, it, was, a, it was a horrible situation, man, and you get moody. So I'm going to I'm gonna give him the benefit of the, uh, the doubt with that. He's a passionate person. So whether it's high or low, he's going to be passionate. But look, man, he, he's had a rough couple years.
1: Last chance, C. We talked about Jamal Adams. Um, I've got two more defensive players. We'll be kind of quick with those two. And then two key options offensive players Daryl Taylor I know that this is a name that kind of slips under the radar I will never forget John Schneider going on uh the morning show and saying after that draft that they almost took Daryl Taylor in the first round Mm -hmm. that it was between him and Jamal and they were looking at both guys excuse me uh Jordan and they were looking at both guys they went with Jordan Brooks because they weren't confident he'd still be available Daryl Taylor they saw as like potential first round talent he has not lived up to that. Now I'm I'm saying that he's a second rounder. I'm making it sound like he's like disappointed. It's just that he has so many physical gifts, and and he hasn't been um, this dynamic, you know, outside backer that you've been hoping he can.
0: Here's what he has been though. He's been average, or maybe just slightly oh, he's above been average. Perfectly fine. Six and a half sacks in 21, nine and a half in 22, five and a half this year. I think. The reason why we're looking at Daryl Taylor and saying, "Okay, what's the issue?" It's because you go from nine and a half sacks to five and a half. We're like, "Okay, you're turning a corner. Things are working out for you. You should be one of these one of the guys you can rely on." And he gets five and a half sacks. I also want to point out that Jaden Wosu not being there, I think, affected Darryl Taylor's play I too. as well. Um, Daryl Taylor physically has a lot to work with i watch him get off the line of scrimmage has good hands quick feet um, probably needs to add a few more things to his uh his toolbox when it comes to getting after the quarterback but it's all because of 2022 we're looking at him now and saying what happened because there was a slight decline so you look at darrell taylor and uh when he did get drafted he had like a leg injury or something like that he had to battle back through some things it's just been a bit disappointing. He is serviceable. He's not like a chump in this league. No, he will not play. At all. He'll play through two or three contracts for sure in this league. But you're looking at the defense. You're saying you need more production from guys like DT. Uh,
1: next defensive guy, I'm gonna throw in here. It's not that he hasn't lived up to expectation. He's been uh, a, a great player for you. A really consistent player. He has been injured, and importantly, this is why he's included. You need to decide whether or not you want to retain him with a new contract. That is Jordan Brooks. Might he have a career year in a new regime? That's his last chance C story.
0: Man, Jordan Brooks. Um I am not um on the side of get rid of Jordan Brooks. No, if you can retain him, you gotta make this happen. I think that Coaches like Mike McDonald take players like Jordan Brooks and elevate them to another level. I think Jordan Brooks has that type of potential. I also know what's out there as far as free agency if you're talking about Queen over there in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And it will be hard to have both of these guys. It's Jordan Brooks or Queen. Mm -hmm. I prefer Jordan Brooks. I think it's easier to uh, retain Jordan Brooks rather than go out and get Queen. Queen's going to ask for a lot of money. Jordan Brooks is not going to cost as much as him. But I look at the... How dynamic Jordan Brooks is when he is healthy, whether it's in the run game or in the pass game. I saw him run with a slot receiver all the way across the field on a usums what I call it, under Sam over Mike. It's like a deep cross, and he's on his hip and he makes plays. That's the type of linebacker you need um, in a Mike McDonald defense.
1: All right, uh the last one is actually two players that I'm combining because they play the same position, and I don't know why I saved it for last because it's the most fascinating to me outside of Jamal Adams about two quarterbacks? Geno Smith under contract. Drew Locke set to become an unrestricted free agent. Will, I would guess, most certainly have some offers from other teams uh, who are uh, desperately looking to shore up their quarterback position. I think Seattle really likes both of these guys. I think John really likes both of these guys. Both have a chance here in a new regime. Geno mm-hmm. to try to prove that, hey, I didn't regress. You know, I just struggled behind a, a, a hurt offensive line. I've learned lessons. I can be a starter. And for Drew to come in here and say, Gino, you know, Pete was a fan of him. Well, guess what? New regime. <laughs> I can come in and prove myself.
0: Yeah, and... um Gino is has to do what, you know what, something else I had to do in college, Stacy, take a class over, all right? Gino's I thought you like,
1: said you only failed one class. Yeah, that was
0: that class. I had to take oh, it over. She oh. didn't. I mean, I did some work, but it wasn't good enough, and, uh, you know, help, you know, anyway.
1: That's tough. Take now you know a ton over. about anthropology.
0: All right? Yeah. I, I am, I should be an anthropologist, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but Gino has to take the class over. It's like, all right, I did, I did good enough, right, to... To get this second year, but that second year wasn't like that first year. I'm gonna go back and take this class over and prove to this coaching staff that I am the guy, and that is the best move. As far as Drew Lock, man, I think if he wants to play, he has to go somewhere else. And I think that the worst part about Drew Lock, we we're talking about Chapman and how his uh, availability is perfect because you know position players is aren't hot aren't hot right now. Opposite for Drew Lock, the quarterback market when it comes to free agency is hot this year. So. I, I went into the season thinking that the following year, Drew Locke could be a starter somewhere. And now I'm thinking, goodness gracious, man, mm-hmm. with all the, the, the quarterbacks that will be available, it's going to be tough for him.
1: All right. Uh, which young Seahawk is most in need of a breakthrough 2024 season? We kind of split our show in two. We're going heavy Seahawks to start things. And then beginning at 1145, about an hour from now, we're going to switch gears and talk about the Mariners. We're going to start with the conversations. a conversation, excuse me, about wild cards. No, I don't mean in the playoffs. I mean, with this roster. Before we get to that, though, it's get off my lawn and it's coming your way next.
0: Bump and Stacy, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost.
1: You're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app every single Wednesday at 10:45. We have Get Off My Lawn. Now, this was actually inspired back in December when our own Michael Bumpus turned 38 years old. 38 38 years old shout out 1985 and my 80s babies out there um, and you know as you enter towards closer to a new decade in your life you start to realize things just make me mad yeah like I just get angry about things and it's not it's not it's not always stuff that makes you mad it's just you know sometimes you hearken back to when things could be simpler. When we could make simpler <laughs> decisions with sports, with certain decisions. And so, uh, inspired in part by also our I'm a man, I'm 40 cut. I'm man, I'm 40. Bump is going to go through the three things today that are making him yell, get off my lawn.
0: Get off my dang lawn. You know, my mom once banged on a dude for telling me to get off his lawn. Really? Yeah, he was so rude about it, and we you lived on we lived on a dead tell end you street. Get off my he lawn. said, "Get off! Don't ride your bikes on my dang lawn," and we like barely clipped the lawn. Moms went down the street and handled that for me. Ooh. But uh, I'm a man now, Mom. i don't I'm need a you. Man. I'm okay, I can tell myself to get off my lawn. I'm that guy now. <laughs> now you're the dude. I'm now that guy, and I'm gonna start at home in L. A. with LeBron James. Okay. Man. We're sitting there. This is Mr. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Mm-hmm. This is Mr. Flop, get all this attention. This is Mr. Space Jam, right? LeBron says he doesn't know if he's gonna do a farewell tour. You know dang well you're gonna do a farewell tour. <laughs> LeBron. He goes, I'm not, you know, I don't really handle um praise. You know, it makes me uncomfortable. LeBron, <laughs> goodness gracious, if there's anything that you love, you love the attention, you love the spotlight, and that's okay. You are one of the greatest, if not the greatest, in some people's opinions, basketball player in the world of all time, right? I still say Jordan, Kobe, but you know his own. LeBron's sitting there and with his arms crossed. You should have saw his posture, Stacey. Arms was crossed. <laughs> so gentle and kind. You know, I don't really know if i going to do a farewell tour. You've been in the game 21 years. You better let the people know you're about to dip out this thing. You better <laughs> let the people know. You got all these kids that I trained and I coach growing up. Love them some LeBron. And you know they love them some LeBron. And you want to be thanked. You want to feel that love that Kobe got, that Jeter got. You deserve it. But don't sit there and act like you ain't going to do it. So you're just going to End the season. Peace out. We never hear from you again. Absolutely yeah, not. right. LeBron, get off my lawn. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> Stop with all that noise. That's There's craziness. no way that's no happening. Way. It's just
1: going to be, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then he looks over his shoulder to see if people are like, <laughs> <Right>. what?
0: Exactly. <laughs> There's next? this guy I follow on Instagram. <laughs> he goes, uh, the way people are. So, you know, he uh, he he portrays the way people expect you to react when yep. they say something like, oh, I, all I drink is water. Oh, all you drink is water. Yes. Man, you're so great. I don't watch
1: TV. What? Oh, my God. Good for you. Exactly.
0: That's LeBron. LeBron, okay. get off my line. I'm all a right. man. I'm 40. This next one, man. The NFL will not release the sound of Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid going at it. What? They won't release it. And this is crazy. You know why? The NFL ruined a quarterback. They ruined Sam Darnold because they released that clip. I'm seeing ghosts out there. I'm seeing ghosts, But because it's Travis Kelsey who's linked up with Taylor Swift and Andy Reid, the Super Bowl champions, you don't want to release it? Release that thing. Mm-hmm. We all want to know what's going on. Now, we can kind of make out what's going on, give me the ball, put me in the game, but release it. They release everything else. But you constantly play Mark Mark Sanchez's butt fumble. All these other sounds. But for this one, you want to protect the Super Bowl mm-hmm. champions, man. Now, I get it. Andy Reid's an OG in the game. He deserves some respect. But that was one of the biggest moments in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we talk about the game winning in you can talk about overtime, the halftime show. But when you talk about this Super Bowl, we will always remember Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. Not really getting at it, but Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid in that situation and pretty much telling him to get him in the game and get him the dang football. It's ridiculous. Release that. Sam Darnold, I apologize on behalf of the NFL, man. They ruined your mental. They ruined your career. Because that's all I think about when I see yep. Sam Darnold now. And, I'm seeing and, ghosts. Um,
1: what was the, um, the uh, illness that he had? It was... Oh, man. Mono? Mono. Mononucleosis. That and that graphic yes. I think of all the time with Sam Darnold. Come
0: on, man. When I say release me. the
1: tapes, you know what I'm talking release about Release the dang tapes.
0: <laughs> Give me that audio. Sam Darnold, I apologize once again on behalf of the NFL. You will forever be a backup in this league now because you're just being candid on the sideline. You know the things that are said on the sideline? There are some crazy things said on the sideline and in the game. So get off my day lawn. NFL. Release the sound. I want to hear it, and everybody will watch. Release the taste. Everybody, release the taste. What's next? Last one. I'm 40. Man, young people these days get on my nerves sometimes, (laughs) This
1: is already the perfect way to start this part (laughs) of the segment. They get on my
0: nerves sometimes, man. Like, uh, you know, people don't want to interact anymore. Mm -hmm. They just want to get on their phones and send, like, passive, aggressive type things. They post memes on their Instagram stories, woe is me or whatnot. And I'm like, look, if there's an issue, let's just talk about it and be upfront about it. All right? I'm tired of athletes, young athletes, just unfollowing the franchise that they play for. Like, it's so passive-aggressive, man. Just being adults about the situation. Justin Fields, we know something's going down over there. So you unfollow. But then they unfollow, but then they kind of get upset when you ask them about it. Debo Samuel once unfollowed the Niners. Kyler Murray once unfollowed the Cardinals. D'Angelo Russell unfollowed the Timberwolves. Fred Van Fleet unfollowed the whole Raptors team, and now we got Justin Fields (laughs) unfollowing the Bears. If you don't want the drama, right, you don't want the drama, just, just continue on with your day as normal, right? You are still employed by the Chicago Bears, man. It's almost like they're doing the LeBron. They want that attention, right? Oh, what's wrong? You unfollowed the Chicago Bears? Nothing. It's all good over here. Kyler Murray, what's wrong? You unfollowed the Arizona Cardinals? Nothing. It's all good over here. Young people, young people, okay? Stop with the passive aggressiveness. If there's a problem, Talk to your employer. Talk to your mom. Talk to your teammate. Do the face-to-face. Forget all this. You know what it reminds me of? When people used to trip when you weren't on their top eight of MySpace. Ooh. I'm not on your top eight. Okay, but that like, was on, really man. cool. Why
1: aren't I in your top eight? If we're best friends and I have you at number three, why am I number seven? Exactly. That's just a little weird. That's
0: the problem right there, Stacey. It, it, it takes me back to college in MySpace when people are tripping over their top eight, man. So young people, advice from the old man who's telling you to get off his dang lawn. I need you just to stop the past of aggressiveness if you have a problem go ahead and talk about it doesn't mean you guys are gonna fight doesn't mean it's gonna get all crazy but just being adults about it get off my day-long young people
1: you're I'm telling me I'm 40. that if your phone rings you always answer it no i don't that if your doorbell rings you answer the door
0: no i have a um i got arlo i can look to see who's on who's at the door see
1: i don't like answering the phone i don't like answering the door And that's
0: that's what happens when you're born in 95, you know, you're a young person. (laughs) Totally. yeah. That's exactly (laughs) what
1: happens. All right, you guys, that was Get Off My Lawn with Michael Bumpus. I love that segment. Three things that are really grinding his gears every single week. We're going to stick with the Seahawks here. Um, There are a lot of Seahawks uh, and a lot of players are on the NFL who are about to become a breakout player in 2024. It's what makes the league so fun every single year. But if you got to pick and choose which ones we're going to have a breakout season for the Seahawks, Which would you choose? That's next.